Hey everyone, welcome to the first official episode of Two Men with Basic Degrees. Um, I'm Isaac, and then uh, this is Ian. Um, <laughs> uh, we finally got to it. Ian's been a uh, very busy man. Uh, why don't you like kind of like tell us about your life the past like week, actually, just the past week. Okay, cool. Yeah, so the last week, um, a lot has happened. Um, the most notable thing is that I got engaged. Yeah. You, um, um, so that's a pretty big life event that goes on there. My girlfriend sends me Lauren's post and goes... When's this coming? Okay, and I, and I, I gotta tell her. I, I gotta tell her like I can't afford that. Okay? Yeah, I think, I, I think that's a very. I think that's a very common like thing to happen because I know like, um, like I was getting those messages for like the past couple of months, um, about stuff like that. So like I totally understand it. I totally empathize with that, um, for sure. But that was really exciting. Yeah, I mean, a little known fact about me and Ian. Me and Ian actually met in this organization called Crew for a while, and this organization is actually. Encourages ring by spring, I would almost say. Wouldn't you say something oh, yeah. like that? It's definitely ring by spring organization. Um, I would say like ring by spring of your sophomore year for a lot of people. And like, that definitely wasn't me. And it's definitely it doesn't seem like <laughs> definitely not me. I've been together with my girlfriend since high school, and you guys are close to it as well. But like, freshman year, so I mean, we were together for about. I mean, we've been almost together for four years at this point. So, um, yeah, there was no ring by spring. <laughs> Even though that was definitely something that was encouraged. It was. And I mean, nothing against the people that do. I just just don't know how you guys do it. So more power to you, though, honestly. I appreciate it. So basically, though, um, this podcast, I'm going to explain a little bit about you. This podcast is basically, we're just going to talk about random stuff. You know, obviously it's going to be sports because we're WVU fans and we expect disappointment every single game. Um, We're going to talk about what we do, talk about what, usually we'll have a special guest and all that stuff. But this week we don't because, you know, we couldn't get that planned in time. Um, but yeah, we're just gonna make, make it a weekly thing, and we really have no guidance on this. So I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Really yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. So um, Ian, you're an accounting major, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of how we got. I came up with the name because specifically your major specifically is kind of boring. It's, it's kind of it's kind of a basic major. Not, I'm sport management, so I'm like basically every athlete, okay? Even though I'm I'm fat and not fat, but you know I mean, I'm not an athlete. But basically, I came up with this idea. Well, I want to do this based on our degrees, and you know what I mean? It's just what are you going to do with your degree? Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, <laughs> that's a great question. You know, there's, there's not a lot of exciting things about accounting, the actual work that we do, but there's a lot of different things you can do, and you can work for just about you know, any organization. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into what's called public accounting, um, and that's just um, like the profession of accounting, okay. really, as the easiest way to explain it. So you take this test, you get certified, um, you got to work with a CPA for a year, and I'm just going to do um, mainly tax and audit work, mm-hmm. so... Um, taxes. I think we all have a good understanding of what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone has to pay taxes. So I wish we had like a button that said basic. Yeah, we definitely get a buzz. And then all that works just like you know making sure um, you know a company like McDonald's is you know uh, fairly representing how good it's doing and stuff. And so when you like to get on Robinhood and invest in stocks, you know. Well, you obviously know they're not representing their place as well, okay? Let's be real. They are a multi-billion dollar company, okay? Paying their employees, what, 11 bucks an hour? Yeah, it's, it varies on where, where it's at, but it's, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff we look at, you know? Yeah. That's the kind of stuff we look at. Well, I hope you find out. Like, so it is they... a basic degree, guys. It's definitely <laughs> the most exciting thing. Also, so there's definitely exciting degrees at WVU. I mean, like... I mean, I heard there was a vampire class. That's yeah, super. Yeah, vampire class. I mean, <laughs> I, a couple of years ago, I remember they had like a Star Wars class. Like, I always wanted to take that, but I never did see it. Well, there's like the film uh, class. I heard there was like an Office class, but I never saw that either. Like, you just watched The Office, and you basically critiqued Michael or Michael Scott's Steve Carell's character, 
and how bad he was doing. I mean, how easy is that? Okay, it's like sport management. Like, in I feel like that's the kind of stuff I would do for. Like, I'd, I'd do that for free and take it to that shoot. Well, you know, W's not gonna do it for free. Okay, it's like no, no. <laughs> that's like twelve hundred dollars a class. Okay, a monthly subscription. I would do that's the new cost. But yeah. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your sports management degree? So yeah. basically, I just go in there. Specifically this semester, I just talk about sport issues. Like, no offense, my professor comes in day one's like, "Yeah, we're talking about sports and shit." That's literally <laughs> all he like said. Like, in the, well, that's all we do, and that's probably the easiest class ever. Now you're probably wondering, what am I gonna do with that? And you're 100 percent right. I don't know what I'm gonna do with that. But I actually have been in talks with um, a university. I'm not gonna name which university. You know, I don't want to get in trouble for that. Wow. But sure. I've been in talks with a university and one of the, my mentors, and he actually knows the guy I applied with. And he asked if I was willing to relocate to Nashville in like a, um, in a matter of time, very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, there's, no been, there's been no interview offer yet. No, obviously, a lot of things have to happen. But considering that that university asked him if I'd be willing to relocate, I think it's a good sign that they at least looked at my um, resume and thought good things. Mm-hmm. Now, that makes me excited. Now, you know, Sarah, on the other hand, we'll see about that. Okay. I talked with her and all that stuff. But, you know, I don't – you know, that's, that's tough. You know, being like – I don't know if you know, but being in a relationship for four years, you got to like yeah. – I'm sure you know. You got to yeah, like make – a lot of considerations there. There is a lot of considerations there. It's really tough. I um, – you know, I'm, I'm still young at heart though, which really sucks. So, like, <laughs> it's like I'm not ready for those very mature talks yet because like I'm 21, which is really young. But like at the same time, it is a mature age. But like – I still feel like I'm like 15 or 16. Yeah, know? for sure. Yeah, everything seems to like go really quickly. I know, even when you know getting engaged this past week, and it's like hard to believe that you're already more than three and a half plus years into it, and you're you're, you're propping the question, you know. Um, so, is there like any lessons you've learned so far going through like this job applying process that you think is like really valuable or that you didn't expect? You know, I, I really think that you know it's just. It's tough because well, okay, I'm like one of my biggest complaints. Okay, this is where this needs to be section called only Isaac. Okay, <laughs> only I would complain about this. So my complaint about this: Why do you send in a resume and a cover letter for them to just ask you what your employment is as well on the actual application? Oh, I can answer that one. It's all about it, it's a database. Yeah, but why why even have the resume then? Why why am I sending you the resume? So um, you got different functions within an organization, right? You got HR. So okay. HR HR people, what they want. Is the database because mm-hmm. in a big organization it makes it super easy to filter stuff yeah. for them and to view it in different ways mm-hmm. and to track. You know they have to do like I won't get into all the nuances, but they have to do like a lot of reporting. Like federal government, like um, the Civil Rights Act of nineteen sixty four, they got to do stuff with that. So you got that part of it, and then you also the people are going to going to be interviewing you, mm-hmm. and they're not in HR. So as far as I know, most of the time they don't have access to like. Um, that sort of stuff. Okay. So they look at the resume when they're interviewing you. Yeah. Oh, so they're just part, they're, they're just looking at it then for the first time. Yeah. Or at least maybe a couple hours beforehand. But like, yeah. That's ridiculous. That is so dumb. That's how, that, as far as I can see, that's how it works. You know, because when I was in interviews over the summer, and the people would actually say, you know, "I got your I got your resume pulled up here." Yeah. And I take a look at your resume. I'm like, <laughs> like haven't you already looked at it before? You know. <laughs> I was like, so do I. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's what I can glean from the process, but it, it is annoying that you got to put it in twice. Sometimes, like, I know they'll put it in for Well, you. a process that should take literally, like, five minutes, maybe because the five minutes is actually filling out your cover letter, trying to, yeah. I mean, for me, at least, I have a basic thing, and I just change the names. Yeah. I don't know about you, yeah. but, like, that's what yeah, I do. The cover letter seems like it's a very antiquated thing. Like, I feel like people did cover letters, like... 25 years ago before the internet was big but like now who's gonna read the cover letter like i just think that's so arrogant now don't get me wrong i love being arrogant when i can okay but like okay you know that but like, like 
I think I, th- I think they do it because they want to see if this person like you have all these applicants. Say you have twenty applicants. Okay. If fifteen of them don't submit a cover letter, well, maybe they throw out all fifteen of those applicants because like they're showing that they're not willing to do the, everything necessary to get the job. So basically, it's like extra work yeah, that they want to see you put in. If you're willing to go above and beyond, was that what college is for? I could technically <laughs> do half the job well, already. Sorry, sorry measurement standard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! All right. Well, anyways, so basically. A little bit about me. On top of sport management, though, I also work at a bank. I'm not going to list that bank for, you know, obviously purposes because my opinions are my own, but I don't want to get in trouble with that. Um, but, yeah, I work at a bank. I've worked there for the past two years. My goal wasn't up in sport finance, really. Um, and Ian also works in the finance field. He works as WVU, which their accounting has not yep. been so hot with recently. Yeah, yeah. Listen, not your fault, but, like... that. but, you know. Yeah. It's as public information is made available, there are um, some things, you know, the academic transformation that the university is going through is definitely gotcha. I probably just outed you right there by that. A lot of media attention. No, that's that's, that's all public information. Okay, good, good. So. Okay, good. But yeah. So uh, something else we're talking about as well is I just saw something from Pat McAfee, okay? Now I know if anyone knows Pat McAfee, WVU legend, Colts legend, probably future Hall of Famer I'd say, just because of what he's done outside of NFL as well. I don't know if that counts. But he mentioned that if WV loses to Duquesne, he, they should just rip the visor right off his field right then and there. <laughs> now, considering what we know about the financial state of WV as public information, what do you – do you think that's a fair – do you think we can afford that? So I know there's separate finance yeah. systems too. Yeah, like, so I'll, I'll quickly explain that. So athletics is its own like division of WVU. So you can think of uh, – you, know, you got Coca-Cola consolidated as a great example of this. Mm-hmm. They got like different – um, subsidiaries like Powerade's a different brand like, mm-hmm. they got these different like little kinds of brands going on WVU's the same way we got different like activities going on at this university so yeah. we got like WVU mm-hmm. but we also have like WVU Athletics yeah. which does like their own thing mm-hmm. and then they get some support from WVU they're, they're like doing their own thing they make their own money they get, yeah. you know Big 12 revenue sharing and so forth. Um, all that's publicly, you know, available information as well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as, like, ripping Neil Brown's eyes or straight off his head if he loses his game to the cane, like, um, you know, that would probably be something like um, the Boosters would have to decide. So, you know how, like, Dana Holgerson left the VV a couple years ago. Yes. Why? Because the Houston Boosters had annied up uh, t- millions of dollars to get them. Right? I realize that was actually five they, years ago. I know. That's, that's crazy really, that's five, five years, years ago. ago. That's right. Okay. I can still remember it like it was yesterday. So anyways, it comes down to this. How much are the people who support the football team yeah. willing to put up to fire this guy? Mm-hmm. And if you know, they get enough money to rip him off the field, I'm sure they would do it in a heartbeat. But it really comes down to – you know, I think about being like Ren Baker in this situation. Like yeah. you really don't have that much say if you can fire this guy. It comes down to money. You have the money to fire him if you want to. Because I think last year, uh-huh. Neil Brown would have been gone if we had the money. Yeah. Oh, we didn't have the money. Although I heard rumors though that our board was willing to put up that they were like, hey, I have a 20 mil right here. And I honestly believe it because have you seen Cheat Lake, bro? Those places are crazy. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. But like, let me tell you, I think not, nothing against Neil Brown. When I say all of this, it's just strictly business. Yeah. It's strictly business and entertainment. Now, like, it's not fun watching WVU football. At least, at least from my standpoint. I have to have a few beers in my system in order <laughs> to enjoy it, okay? Even then, I'm screaming my head off. Neil Brown is a fantastic guy. But he is just not at the level of coaching we need right now. Well, you know, it's hard to tell. We have 11 games left to go. See, I think oh. I think a different, a different take on the football team. That's fair. I, you know, I look at it as this, you know, we have a hard time generating money as is. So we know, we know that's the situation we're in. If you look at, like, I think Neil Brown is, like, on the lower end of Big 12 salaries, even in the new Big 12. Yeah. So we're already paying market value for a lower-end coach. Yeah. Okay? So what we would really need to do is to find a diamond in the rough if we hire someone else. Mm-hmm. So we're already going to be ending up all this money to fire the guy, his mm-hmm. buyout. And then we're going to have even, I think, less money to pay a new guy. 
So I'm really wondering if we can – we're in a tough situation. If we can really even find anyone better. Well, that's what my th- – well, my thing is so – I don't know if you read a little bit about Deion Sanders in Colorado, okay? They didn't have the money. Dion comes in. That's true. And basically like – the president straight up tells him, we don't have the money. And Dion's okay with that. Now, I don't know if you should call the statistic after the game. They raised $28 million from the time he started coaching to the time the first win of TCU. <laughs> Now, I don't know if I was on one night or what, but they raised $20 million. And then they also, on top of that, generated ticket sales. So they paid his entire contract after basically, what, three months in a game? I mean, I haven't seen it, but I I believe that. I mean, why can't we just, I mean, I'm not not saying I want Richard back. I maybe want Dana back, maybe. I don't know. But what I'm saying, why can't we go to some of these coaches, like Luke Fickle, maybe, for example? Now, maybe that's a personal reason why he doesn't come to morning. Wait, remember, Luke Fickle was one of the coaches we were He was, and then Florida State's Mike Norville was too. He would just destroyed <laughs> LSU. Now, my thing is, why can't we just be ballsy like that? The Shane Lyons not have the balls it's to do that. It's a big risk. Well, I mean, it was a big it's risk, a big but, risk. like, I mean, Deion, I mean, to be fair, Deion Sanders gets recruits because he's an NFL future Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's primetime. Or he's Hall of Famer. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. He's primetime. So why can't we get a guy like that? I feel like if we were to get, say, Jimbo Fisher or a – I don't know, for example, Davo Sweeney. 100%. Yeah. I'd be, I almost take that risk. Now, granted, my job might be on the line if the line doesn't work out. But that is worth a risk, I feel like. Yeah, this is a great question. I went back and I um, I did an audio book a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. It's about like um, like uh, Don Nealon's like, memories of like WVU and when he coached here. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the things, even like 20, 30, 40 years ago when Don Nealon came here was like – this isn't a very attractive university for people to come to as, oh, a, as a football coach, right? Yeah. You know, you're at this point low end of the Big 12 in football. Um, you're not getting paid high end. It's hard to recruit. Like, this is as difficult as a recruiting situation as what you can have, right? So that's one challenge we have, I think, is that coaches don't really want to come here. We are a power five school and the top 25 all-time wins, right? Yeah. Um, but it's just not a super attractive place for people to come because it's hard to recruit. I mean, you could go – I mean – UCF, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't been very good as recently. Yeah. But they're in Central Florida. Yeah. I mean, oh, sorry. I meant U- USF, rather. UCF oh, actually has okay. had some. Uh, Central Florida's had some good teams as the past couple of years. But USF um, has kind of struggled. So, like, when you're in the Florida, you know, recruiting area, I mean, that's a lot easier to, you know, get on board there and coach. So, I think that's one of the challenges on top of money that we have is just a geographic. So why do you think that's the case, though? Why wouldn't our history and tradition and, like, our rivalries and our, like, Power 5, Big 12 status, why would that not attract people? Yeah, uh, It's a great question, and it's something that, like, uh, even I wanted to stay because you think about, you know, a little over 10 years ago, yeah. WVU was, you know, consistently a top 15 program for about three, four years when we had Pat White, right? Yeah. And you think about those days, I mean, we were able to pull some real great talent. I mean, Noah Devine was a five-star recruit. Yeah. And, you know, he was fast. Yeah. <laughs> he shared this really – but, like, I guess, you know, we had Doc Holiday at that point too, so we had people who could go down there and recruit really well. It doesn't seem like we have that anymore. Like, wh- like can you – where is the you get all our players now? I don't know. Uh, well, it used to be Florida, Maryland, that area, and we still do get a lot of players from that area, P- P- Pennsylvania. But, like, I don't know why we just can't play- get players. It seems like we have, like, the Sisters of the Poor or something like, like that. Well, even, even recognize this point, when Dana Horson was here – I mean, WVU was different, and that's how we were good. We were getting either trans, we were getting transfer quarterbacks in one form or another, either through junior college, yeah, or you know, Will Greer. We got a lot of JUCO substance. Yeah, got- like Dana Holgerson, That's how he did it. He got JUCO players. Yeah. That's how we were well. WVU was good because we did something different. The same case um, happened when we had Pat White. We had an offense that was new. Yeah, 
and that no one else had. Yeah. And we could run the ball like no one else could. Yeah. Like, that's how WVU has been good in the past. Now, my question is, though, is, like, how – so why are we not – so, for example, if you watch the game against Penn State, we played three running backs. Now, nothing against the other three, two running backs, Anderson and um, – what, what's his face? Donaldson. Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, Donaldson, yep. Don, Donaldson too. Yep. There's three guys, yeah. But nothing against Anderson and Johnson. They couldn't run the ball up the middle. They couldn't. They're not, now, I'm not saying they're not good. They're just tiny. A little tiny. Yeah, they are a small back. And they're a small back. And she wasn't made for that game. Now, Donaldson, the other hand, big dude. Tight end. Originally a tight end. Uh-huh. Was getting five yards consistently. Why would you not play him the entire game? Why are you doing this three-back set? Guy needs a breather. Well, I know he's a breather, but like we are, we held the ball for what? No. Our defense did really well too. The defense did hold its own there. It didn't get off the field as much as I. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Line. So like he had time to bring it, unless he's just like eating too many big backs. I don't know, but like he's just he's a bigger back. He does need probably more time to rest. And yeah. also, you got to consider the fact. I mean, think back when you played sports growing up, right? Guys didn't like sitting the bench. No, I, mean, I played rec sports here. Like guys didn't like sitting the bench in basketball, flag football. It don't matter. Like guys will get out there and play. And like there's a little bit of like political maneuvering you got to do there because mm-hmm. if these guys don't play. With the way college football is now, these guys are just going to get up and leave. And so, like, one, you want to give guys a breather, but you also want to give guys an opportunity because that's what they're here for. Well, that's true, but, like, I mean, I know Anderson's from Clemson, right? If I'm correct on that, Anderson played at Clemson? No, I don't believe so. I think I believe all those backup running backs were straight from high school. Okay, well, maybe, so not. I maybe I was going crazy. But anyways, I know we had someone from Clemson, I would think, at one point. Yeah, I think we did, yeah. yeah anyways, but, like, I, I just – yeah, but in a game like that, I understand Donald, Donaldson's coming off an injury – but Donaldson's obviously still the best player at that time right now running the ball. I understand you got him a breather, but, like, it seemed like we weren't playing him for, like, four drives at a time. It was, like, Anderson, Johnson, Anderson, Johnson, then Donaldson. Yeah. And it just didn't make any sense to me. And it was, like, I mean, you play at the D1 level, you got to win. So you're going you're to expect to just hurry up and get done. You're in shape, obviously, to do that. And you also got to consider the fact that, you know, what happens when you get tired and you get a little sloppy? So if you're putting Donaldson back there, running him three downs in a row, yeah. he's probably gonna get more tired, which increases the chances of uh, fumbling the ball and yeah. making another mistake. So, in, in that game, we actually, we also did a very good job taking care of the ball. On the tournament, that no was turnovers. probably because we had at least in the first half pretty conservative. Well, we played super conservative, and that's why I don't game plan throwing the ball. That was a, that was another big struggle. Garrett Green, I don't know nothing. Again, I these guys are fantastic people. I bet. He's 5'10". That's, my, that's like me playing. My six foot with Russell, the cleats on, okay? Same thing about Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. I mean... Okay, so you're, what you're saying is you're comparing Garrett Green to Russell Wilson. So I, they're a similar height. Play-wise, But, like, you can be a short quarterback and still have success. Mm-hmm. But you've got to be able to do something that's different. Right? And, you know, they talked about it during the game. Garrett Green was a good baseball player. He throws a good ball. Yeah. Now, does he always make the best decision? Does he always throw the ball where it needs to be? Is his accuracy great? No, but he throws a good ball. Well, my, but he didn't at all throw it down the middle. That was my biggest issue. It's like the guys were open down the middle. He just didn't throw it. Now, well, could he see? <laughs> I, I don't know if he could see. That pass to our Penn State's pipe, it would be the best we face all year. I mean, Neil Brown said that in the postgame conference. Yeah. There are nine NFL players on that defense. Now, oh, no doubt. I don't doubt. know if that's true or not. He just said that. Now, whether that's, you know. You believe it, you know. I don't know. <laughs> Like, he's coaching the, he's coaching the college football team. I'm not, I'm not going to trust what he says. So, like, you know, I don't know. He was getting rushed a lot, and he got a lot of pressure. Yeah. I, I saw a lot of comments where, and I don't explicitly remember it, our run blocking was good. Our pass blocking was not so good. And I can kind of see that because yeah. Garrett Green was having to run around. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, yeah. Which Garrett Green is supposed to be. He's like the next Pat White, supposedly. Like, you know he's I mean? not that quick. I mean, he's not that quick. But, like, I know, that's he runs around. Now, another – He's a scrambler. Do you think, even if we were to make a bowl game, say six-win season or five-win season – you think we keep Neil Brown another season, or do you think we? I think if he win another season, we make a bowl game. Now let me tell you why. If you look at the class, like uh, the classes, I say like junior, sophomore, 
mm. senior and so forth. We're not, unless people transfer, we're going to lose a lot going into next year. Okay? Well, yeah. We're going to lose probably two or three guys on offense. Frazier, I imagine, will get pro. But I don't imagine anyone else on offensive line going pro. Mm. And we're going to lose Carter, the wide receiver. Everyone else is coming back. Which Carter's pretty good, though. He is good. But, like, we're not losing CJ. We're not using losing Green. Unless, exception, unless these guys transfer. We're not losing guys. We're not losing a lot of guys on defense. We're not. No, we're not. And I think that is a good sign. But at the same time, it's like the game plan. It just isn't there. It's like, is that the coordinator's fault? Is that – I mean, I, I think we know whose fault. I think it's Neil Brown's fault. Neil Brown's going offensive plays. No, uh, yeah, there are definitely some, like – you haven't watched that game. And you feel like you're watching the game you watched last year. Exactly. Same problems. Yeah. Same problems, you know. It's just like bad play calling. I mean, well, we had that fourth down. Mm-hmm. And we run some trick play. What was that play with Nico? He just got rocked. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, <laughs> you, 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 have, you, you can pick up a yard on, you know, fourth and, you know, fourth and one. Yeah. All game. And you have success running the ball inside of C.J. Donaldson, and you don't choose to go to do it there. Now, I can understand that, you know, I think you're calling plays on Madden, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you're calling plays against me, and I know you're running the ball up the middle, yeah. I'm going to, like, blitz all up the middle, goal line formation, right? So you don't want to get too predictable and understand the need to get some, um, like, variety in your play calling. Yeah. It's not sure that was the best variety play call to go to, but it's easy to say that. It's, it's like the screens, though, man. Why are we trying the screens when we can't? Yeah, well, the reason, like, okay – this goes back to I always like to imagine things like I'm playing Madden. Like, why would I throw a screen on Madden? Other than because Madden suggested it to me. Because <laughs> I, mean, I think you're going to blitz. Yeah. And so I think you're going to get pressure. I'm going to get something quick out there yeah. and man coverage yeah. and take it out. But the thing about it is Penn State's corners were oh. so good that they put They're probably the nine NFL teams. <laughs> probably... like, if you look at like past WV teams, like we have some in Bailey Tape in Austin. Yeah. Like, our wide receiver blocking was really good. Oh, yeah, it was. I wouldn't say, and I can't fully assess it, but like on those screens, we were not getting the advantage on the blocking, and it's hard to successfully do screens in that situation. It so. is. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a whole lot you can do. I mean, but, and now speaking of WVU again, like, now, nah, Morgan, this isn't like the Harp WVU cast. Of course, we're getting our degree from here. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something we got to. We, 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 we love WVU it. very much, you know, but we have to rant about it. Anyways, WVU, everyone's flipping out about these budget cuts. Do you uh-huh. think it's a. I mean, I understand. There should not, we should not have been in this issue in the first place. Ideally, you wouldn't want to get there. However, it's necessary. Like, realistically, you're looking at English versus, like, say, business. Or athletics, for example. They're all on separate budgets, okay? Uh I'm sorry academics can't get the fundraising athletics does. Academics isn't entertainment. You know what I mean? That's not like a them issue. Yeah, that's just a lot of money. I mean, it's like – but, like, if English doesn't have the money for it, I'm sorry. You don't have the – I mean, you haven't been advertising your program really well. Yeah, I think the English department had some changes in the like most recent academic transformation. I think they're not cutting as many people the last I looked. Well, yeah, there was like um, after the preliminary cuts or whatever but, like that. Yeah, you know, um, you know, as far as what the university has advertised, there's definitely like a need to do some like operational changes. You know, you think of you know the industry of banking, right? Yeah, that's a great example of something that's undergone really big change, especially since COVID. Mm-hmm. But you know, less brick and mortar stores. Um, there are, like, more, like, uses of apps and trying to get people. That's, like, what people care about. People don't care about going into the banks anymore, for the most part. People still do. It's not the same for yeah, our like, people yet. <laughs> um, we, we like apps that are really efficient and we can get the information and get the job done. I can yeah. pay with my phone. So, you know, operationally, they change over time. That's just how, you know, life works. We get more efficient. This university and other universities in the United States are no, no different. LC is definitely update next. And, you know, continue to, like, change their course offering mm-hmm. to go out to what people want. Well, yeah. So, but I feel like so. For example, we'll take banking for example. You just mentioned. Uh 
This is like a totally random thought I just That's had. So like, why do we just get like? So you said we improve over society. I agree with that uh-huh. to an extent. There are some people that just like the older ways, though. That's true. Definitely, like, so, like tradition, yeah. Especially, well, I don't know if it's, like, an area thing I've noticed, but, like, they just definitely do, like, I don't know why it's so hard to explain to someone online banking. Is, like, is that, like, a... Yeah. Why is that so hard? There, there's definitely a lot of cost to switching. You know, you get used... You, you better have it. It's like, you know, if you spent five, five, ten years at work learning this software and all of a sudden people are telling you, you got to learn something new, that's going to be really hard. Mm. Right, especially when you haven't done that sort of thing in a while. When you're kind of younger, I feel like things are more malleable and easy to change. Like it's easy for me to, not easy, but learn new software. Right, like we've used yeah. computers since we were kids. Like we get how it works. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's you know a decent software application. Now, you know, people wanting to pick up change, it is hard for them when they've been used to doing things a certain way. And it also, I think there's fear involved in that. Yeah, fear that I can't pick up on it, or I'm gonna be left behind, or in a I just think a lot of humans in this, the nature within us, we don't like change because, like, we don't like that volatility and that risk. Yeah. There's a lot of risk in it and a lot of work in well, it. Well, like, it just scares me. That, like, they're just scared, not even, like, worse. It just scares me to think that, I mean, not saying these people are, like, brain dead. No, I don't mean that in any way, but something, uh-huh. some, something they are, okay? But, like, some of these people, though, I, have you seen Dumb and Dumber at all? Uh, I've definitely seen clips of that. Dumb and Dumber 2, specifically. So, Dumber, there's, like, this... There's like this. There's this clip where Jim Carrey, his character, is sitting in a wheelchair with like this Tarzan hair. He's been playing a joke on his buddy for like 20 years, and he's been like using the restroom, doing all that, changes his diaper, whatever. Uh-huh. It scares me to think that there are that I will actually get to that point after understanding so much. So like these pe- these older people were at one point us that understand the height trims. Why does? How do we degress as a society so much that we just can't grasp it? <laughs> I don't know. Just, I don't know. It's, it, it's really hard to evaluate. I think a lot of it's just how you know we have come to be as people. I just don't want to end up like brained in a wheelchair like that one guy is. You know, it's just. <laughs> but you know, you know, I think that's something. You know, I a couple of years ago, I think I was um, a senior in high school, going to well, I graduated high school, getting ready to go into college. Yeah. And you know, one of my buddies had seen a guy he hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah. And they're catching up and stuff, and they're talking, and he's like, you know, there's one thing, man, I've learned in life is that change is the only constant. Yeah. And that's why a quote we've all heard before, but that is definitely a thing. You know, the world, especially now technology, the world is always changing. Yeah. And, you know, we, we don't want the change to adversely affect us. Yeah. But, you know, the change is coming, and regardless of what you do, the change is coming. So, yeah. like, well, like, I mean, it's something you got to get comfortable with. It is. It is coming. I'm sure, like, for you now, change in your life is coming when you're going to get married here next yep. year, right? August, right? Uh-huh. Next year? Yep. August That's going to be changing. Living with a woman, let me tell you. Living with a woman is tough. Okay, <laughs> I live with a woman now. I, I, you know, I had this thought a couple, a couple of days ago after I proposed. I was like, you know, I know, like, if what I'm signing up for as far as what I'm signing up for. Yeah. But I don't know what that's going to be like. Well, I mean, like, I know I'm signing up to be married. Now, let me tell you, it's a good thing she's Italian because like you're going to have plenty of wine. So, like, you can just relax. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good thing. And definitely something that will be very helpful in the stressful moments. But, like, you know, and I'm definitely, like, you know, I, I'm excited, though, because, like, change also brings opportunity, right? It does, yeah. It brings a lot of opportunity. You know, um, opportunity for people to learn something new for, you know, to it is. improve it, themselves. It you know? is. And I think marriage is definitely tough. Now, living with a woman the past almost a year and a half holy cow um, well, <laughs> time, again, flies, time is fine yeah. Yeah, almost four years too anyways but like it's, it's, it's really tough especially like in that case of like now me and Sarah are not married however it's which taboo to screw you guys if you guys think otherwise whatever <laughs> but like anyways it's just like it's it's tough it's definitely a learning curve and I was I'll be honest I was not ready for it 100% yeah. I was not I don't think you ever ready for that honestly no, that's the thing I, I used to say <laughs> I was not ready for it but I did it 
I wasn't ready to take a lot of tests in college, but I did it. Speaking, <laughs> of, some of, those cre- speaking of some of those creepy people we were a part of, I'm just imagining right now, I'm like, I feel bad for you guys. <laughs> it's like, how, I couldn't even deal with them as a friend, so I don't know how you deal with them as like a senior other. Yeah, that's a little different undertaking, I'm sure. <laughs> They're like, oh crap, I'm the rest of life. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a huge commitment. Like you don't know, like there's risk there. Like, um, you know, I remember in interviews this summer they asked, like, "What do you want to do with your career?" Right? Yeah. And the best response I felt like I give is, you know, I just want to get one percent better every day because I don't know what's going to happen in one year, yeah. ten years, or even fifty years. Right? So, like, you know, I don't want to be disappointed when I try to project out my whole life and what it's going to be like. You know, I could get you know sick. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen. Yeah. And you know, I think you just want to have an attitude that you can control the things that you can. And so, whenever you make a risky decision, you know, that's definitely been like the thing because, like, I, I feel like that's definitely been a lesson I need to learn this year. Like, it's been, I'll be honest with you, this has probably been one of the toughest years of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's because I think so much change is going on, so much things are coming up. Like, I just applied for my master's. I have an opportunity potentially in another state somewhere else. And it's like I had to answer the – well, speaking of which, I had to answer the call and be like, oh, yeah, I'll 100% relocate. Yeah. Like I have to go and take that risk. Now, I know I probably should have – this probably is a thing you should talk about with your same brother. Before you say yes to that, she was not super happy with me. I'll remember that next time. I'll remember that next time, okay? <laughs> but at least I was honest with her, okay? Yeah, yeah that's, that's important. Yeah. It's hard to but it's not – but the thing is though, it's not like I'm not offering her to come with me, you know. But anyways, <laughs> but it's like – it's just it, – it is one of those things. It's like change is – what were you even talking about again? I forget. Hold on. Talking about going through change and you know communicating that. And oh yeah, change. It's yeah, change is just it's just tough. I think that's been one of my biggest things I've learned this year. Like, what's something you've learned this year? I mean, I guess oh, biggest things. Uh, you know, the biggest things. At least uh, I'll, I'll pick something out um, uh, from my uh, college experiences yeah. and stuff. And that's like, um, you know, really at the end of the day, you probably only learn one percent of what you need to know for life in college. Yeah. Um, there's definitely, you know, a lot of pressure for me in undergrad wanting to get a high GPA because I wanted to get a job. And really, you know, I was probably working to people this summer, and I don't know this explicitly, but I'm applying. Like, we're going to like a 3.0 GPA. Like, maybe even lower. Like, that stuff does not measure your intelligence. No. But, like, what's more important is about building, like, a good work ethic. Yeah. And when things are hard, when school or something that's hard, is having the drive to try to get better at it. Yeah. Because that's the kind of habit that's going to transform, you know – someone of you know average intelligence like me to do really well is have that problem solving ability so mm-hmm. you know I would say especially being in grad school now is like you know real measurement of success um, it's not something like that it's more of like what habits you're developing and what attitude you you get because that's what's going to matter in the job. I agree I, I definitely I think I don't know about you growing up though I was definitely like I thought I had to get straight A's I thought I had to like oh yeah like it was definitely yeah. like it wasn't like I was getting beat across to have like a math book or something like that, like some people I know. But like it was like like I just it was expected like greatness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that college was a hard learning curve because I was not great at everything. Yeah. So chem killed me, man. It was chem one ten. It's tough. <laughs> I mean, that's tough. But like that's that's the thing, you know? Yeah. I I don't know. It, it's definitely one of those things. I I think like speaking of which though, like it's college is definitely a tough thing to learn. I think. I think college, like, in general, like, my sister up here is not up here, and so is your brother, right? Yep, yep. How's he, how's he adjusting to life? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a hard adjustment for him. You know, we came from, like, a very similar, you know, background, you know, yeah. up in the same house, of course. So, like, you know, him being in college now, I'm only seeing, like, myself and the challenges I went through as a freshman. And mm-hmm. I've kind of forgotten how hard it was. Yeah. It is a tough adjustment when you're in a calculus class, and a bunch of people in the class had calculus in high school and already know the material, and he's in there, and you know it's a little bit different for him because he didn't have calculus in high school. Well, it's more fields. So, I mean, not that nothing is more fields. It is a big jump, right? Yeah, it is a big jump. So like, but like, 
that 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 struggle is necessary for you to get where you want to be. Yeah. What matters not so much is being perfect in that setting. It's about building your brain in such a way that you know how to solve problems, and that's what engineering is trying to do, right? Yeah. And like for me, I mean, I'm an accounting. I'm in a, getting a master of accountancy. My first accounting test that I took, I think I got like a 35, 40 on it. Yeah. Stamped. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, you know, that I was ready to quit college at that point because I was like, I can't do this stuff. It's too hard. Yeah. Um, if I, you know. What's the point of going to college if I can't get a hey, degree I want? Be, yeah. So you feel that pressure as a college student. And I think, you know, there, there's a lot of like mental health issues that comes along with that. Because a lot of college students, they want to perform at a high level. Yeah. Um, so. And some do. <laughs> and, so, and some do. Right? Yeah. Some handle the pressure really well. They're competitive and they like it. Then you have people like me that, you know, want to make the A, but like do struggle with that motivation and getting up and wanting to do the work because it's boring. Yeah, it is boring. Yeah, it's accounting. accounting. Basic degree. No, I'm kidding. It's basic degree. No, but I get that. Like, I, a long time. I look at my sister, and my sister's up here doing, like, forensic psych. I don't know. She's, like, double majoring or something like that. Yeah, forensic yeah, and yeah. psychology, something like that. And she already has friends. I just met them tonight, speaking of which. That's, I was telling you about – I just met them. Now, of course, they're Democrats. No, I'm messing with you. I'm, messing with you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but, like, they're fantastic people. And so she has already made – those friends like really quickly and i'm like impressed now i don't know if it's because of covid because my i just struggle with that now yeah, don't be wrong i made those friends and crew okay uh-huh. i made for two years i was good friends with them after i dropped off though they just dropped me like that yeah <laughs> they dropped me like that i had no friends though but like it's just like which i understand difference of opinion you know with those mm-hmm. types of things um but you know it's just i don't know how my sister did it though like if there's like a lot of things like I, she's adjusting to change well and i don't know we're like and we're, we're brother and sister. We're like obviously diff, same DNA, same thinking patterns, almost same anxiety. You know, uh-huh. it's just I don't understand where you know what I mean. I just don't get it. Yeah, like the, should I have been a little bit more outgoing? Should I have a little bit more like? Well, yeah, that's a great question. I think that's even something we all evaluate and look back on in our college experience. Yeah, because um, you make trade offs, right? You have. Uh, but you have a budget of time over there. It's called 24 hours. You got to sleep. You got to eat. You got to use the bathroom. You got to take care of yourself. You got to go to work. You got to do classes. Like, million things you got to do every day. Yeah. You got to check your phone. So, like, you know, looking back on it, mm-hmm. especially now for you, like, like, would you have been willing to give up certain things to have that? Or are you, like, more happy with the decisions you make? Because, like, you know, you worked during college. I worked during college, and there's sacrifices. You um, make with yeah, I mean, I don't be wrong. I look back now. I started with the civil engineering. You knew that, um, and that's where I got my first bad grade. It was like a forty percent on a chem test, and I was like, I thought I did well, not you know. Uh-huh. But I didn't. And my thing is, is like, I I think, I think even growing up, actually, high school me was probably the most popular and most like outgoing. Mm-hmm. But like, I look back, and I think in college, I cared way too much about my future. Mm-hmm. I cared way too much about being like famous. So I'm like, no, I, I get famous. What I want to complain about that? But like, I I care way too much about like being successful. And I, mean, I want to be successful in whatever I do. But I think that even like last year, I think specifically, I cared way too much about it, and I would like sacrifice. Like, I would be on my computer looking at how to do this, how to do that, yeah. how to do that, how to do that. And like, instead of like just hanging out with my friends and going out, like, and then don't be wrong, I'm doing a little bit better about it this year. But like, I'm literally getting ready to graduate. And not, I'm not saying it's too late, because I still got friends to make. I'm still only 21 years old. But, like, <laughs> it's definitely, like, I wish I wouldn't have put so much pressure on myself. Like, I, I, wish, I wish I didn't care so much what my major was. Because when I first started sport, because you never switched majors, right? I did, actually. Oh, you did? What was your major originally? So, I switched two times. Okay. When I applied at WVU, I was finance. Okay. And then between 
applying for college, get accepted, and starting, I switched to management information systems. Okay. Um, and I switched to accounting. So I, within the first semester, I switched to accounting. So I really didn't experience. Gotcha. So you didn't it was in a business school. school always. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like me, like I started civil engineering because I was in engineering school first semester. I was like camming all that stuff. Trig hated it. Uh, speaking yeah. of which, my trig professor wrote a book, and it was a picture of him drawn as the devil that oh a kid gosh. drew of him. Like, wouldn't that make you think that maybe you picked the wrong <laughs> career path? But anyways, I mean, that's, yeah, that's something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, he—I wouldn't mind naming him out. But anyways, <laughs> uh, no, he. Um, but I, I just didn't like. We didn't get along. And then, anyways, then I switched to economics. Now, actually, I was poli sci at one point too, somewhere. I think it was yep. before I started. I want to be. I don't know. What do I do with that? Like, what the heck? You know, my, no one likes my political views. <laughs> but like, it's. But then I switched to sports management, and I genuinely thought I was going to get made fun of. Mm-hmm. And I, because I mean, it's all the athlete majors. You know what I mean? Athletes do that just to get by school. Not saying athletes are dumb, but there's a good amount that are dumb, and that's what they pick. And it's an easy major. They choose to focus on everything. Yeah, it, it's super easy. It's not hard. Like I, I am like half the time playing fantasy football in my class. You know what I mean? It's yeah. pretty easy. But anyways, it's it's one of those things. It's like I cared way too much about that, mm-hmm. and I think that if I would just let go and just have fun, and just not really cared and. I'd have been fine. It was a trade off you make. I think about the same thing with me. You know, I could have spent more time being social than studying. And like now, this year, I'm studying all the time. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, you're going to forget all this stuff here soon, anyways. What's the point? <laughs> you know, like, what, what it comes down to, like, you know, I studied to get that degree and to get summa cum laude on it. Yeah. Does it make a difference if I would have got cum laude or nothing on there? No. I, I, in the grand scheme of things, no. But like, I wanted to make the trade off. I know you're saying. To do really well now so that I could be social later in the that's fair. Enjoy stuff. I, like I do the same thing to an extent. I, I'm not super social. Like, I only have, like, a few friends. Like, you know that. You know that my friends are. I only have a few friends. Like, but my sister has probably quite a few. She's probably going to gain more. And I, I it just, it's one of those things that's, like, I think a lot of times I've been putting so much effort now so I can enjoy later. And I feel like that's that's a good thing. But at the same time, I kind of, like, you know what I mean? It kind of, like, it's bad, too. Yeah. You also worry about getting to that loop where that's always your attitude. And you wake up, and it's 20 years in the future, and you're still saying the same thing. And then Sarah's gone on me about that recently, okay? <laughs> it's been the fight recently. It's like, Isaac, why are you being so negative? Why are you being so – which is – I mean, don't be wrong. I understand. I know. I love you, Sarah. But anyways, it's like – it's just why am I being negative? Why do I have this attitude? I need to focus on this, focus on that. And, like, I've kind of started to realize that, like, I just, like I, – I can't have that attitude. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, so your attitude's a big part of it. Yeah, and like, but it's like a mental game. It is. It's like, how do I get out of it? That's that's that's, that's a great question because you think about the things you take like to cold do. shower, take a, no, I'm, no, I'm getting like, like you know, I, I I think that the dynamic will change a little bit after you get out of college, right? Because you're not spending all your time learning, taking tests, you know, going to class and so forth. So the dynamic of your life changes in that point. And you're mm-hmm. more, you're making money. And you're going to work, and I think there's a little more structure there with that. Mm-hmm. At least in my view, I haven't been through that yet, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, you know, basing it off of what I think. Um, but I think I, I think in that next stage in life, things do change. I think that's what you have to look forward to. You know, um, I don't think you're staying out till 10, 11, 12 at night studying for a test that you got the next day or this week or whatever. Right? No, no. So those are things to consider as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. It's a weird thought process your attitude you know being negative it's hard when you're constantly learning I mean it's stressful I think you gotta understand that there's a lot of stress you go under as a college student right and you're trying to work and go to school at the same time I mean that's as stressful as I think it can get there's a lot of people that can't do both at the same time yeah and I I, I hear people what was it someone told me they're like how do you do that I'm like I just do it (laughs) 
Which, I don't know if that's a good thing to do, just be numb to it. Is that a good thing either? Like, can you, are you supposed to be just numb to things like that? Like, like yeah. just be like, oh, you know, I just go into it and just forget about yeah, it. It's, it's definitely something I think, oh, wait, we kind of, you know, I think that mindset is something we do to help us get through that thing. I don't know if it's the most beneficial thing to do. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, I, there's, I mean, I'm shadowing a mortgage department here soon, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, I'd say it's a, an okay thing, but like yeah. half the time I'm not even there. Like, I'm just there to do my job. Yeah. But it's definitely hard to be caught in between those two worlds. I can think of the same thing in my experience. Like, when I was at work, I was like, it's so much better to come to work every day. And I do the same things. And I make money for it. Like, you know, the brain power I feel like you gotta use is just different. Things get busy and they do get stressful at work, right? But like, you're not walking into class having to learn new material, memorize and be tested on it. Like, it's like the same material I learned already. Yeah. So it's a different, you know, life I feel like it's a series of games that you play, right? There's a way to score, there's a way to fail, there's a way to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, playing two games at one time, the college game and the work game at the same time, it's not an easy thing to do because they are not as similar. You know, I think, I think colleges should give scholarships to those that, like, also do that. Like, don't get me wrong, like, I understand why people get scholarships because they can't afford it or a certain underrepresented group. I understand mm-hmm. that stuff. But I feel like they really ignore those that have to work their way sometimes through college. I mean, yeah, I mean, college students, I mean... Just the same, you know, poor college students. I mean, there's a I mean, why. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, I make a good amount of money as a college yeah. student, but it's like, how do people live like this? Even like if they're not in college, like how do they do that? I, mean, I, I, I think it's kind of about the design. You don't, you make the college. I mean, you gotta make college for a certain level of difficulty, both academically and financially. Yeah. Because if you have your whole economy going to college, yeah, which isn't feasible anyway, because not everyone is gonna make it in college. Yeah. But like the reason it's like that is because I mean. You need some people not to make it because that's how you keep people in certain positions in society that make. What well, is? But the government's also giving them happening. checks at the beginning of each year. Like, uh, and but like, it's funny. It's, it, but like, I mean, it's just like there's this there's this different you know stratum that people fall into in a population that you know they're going to make certain decisions and do certain things and not like like us like we made it in college and work. Not everyone can do that. Yeah. Like that's a real big test to pass. Like there's going to be people that wouldn't make it in that college and they're just going to go straight into the workforce. Like, you need, well, we want those people. I want people to do that. Yeah. It, it's what we all need and it's what they need. It makes a diverse, it makes a diverse yeah. bunch. I agree I with want people yeah. to do what they want to do with their life. But like, there is definitely a level of difficulty there for people who try to do both. Now, do you think that sometimes, yeah. for example, there is someone I know that works in like a position I'd love to have. Uh-huh. But like, they didn't have to work their way through school so they could do certain things and get a head, a head start. Do you think that it's... I mean, okay, I know it's fair because technically they had the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. But someone like me doesn't have... I don't have the opportunity to say... I, you know I used to volunteer for the baseball team. Yeah. I used to get to shake hands with the future number one pick. Super cool, by the way. Mm-hmm. Super nice guy. Um, but he, like... It's, it's just like I couldn't volunteer my time. Yeah. You know, you could the freshmen and sophomores. Even some of the seniors and juniors. Now, whether it's because they got scholarships or mommy and daddy paid their money, you know what I mean, whatever. Yeah. How, but like, how was it fair for me trying to get in as well? Because I look at those applications and they're like, I want someone with this experience. Yeah. But how, I can't even give you that experience. That I'm sorry I wasn't a ball boy, okay? Like, I mean, no offense to like, I mean, like, I, I don't know why you want people to play with balls all day. You know what I mean? That just doesn't sound like fun, you know? It's like, I, I thought that was like a strip club for you, you know? Like, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Guessing the balls. Um... <laughs> No, I, I think you got to look at it this way, and this is how I looked at it. Like, yeah. I, I've worked every year but my freshman year, right? Yeah. There are definitely people who didn't have to work. They got to do – they could spend all their time either studying or when they weren't studying, they were having fun. Right? Yeah. 
or doing the things that they wanted to do with their time. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it for me as an opportunity to one, develop skills mm-hmm. in my particular occupation, but it also built a lot of character and appreciation for the things in life that I did have mm-hmm. because I worked for it, right? And I earned it. Yeah. And I think long term, those are the sort of things that are going to keep you going when things get hard. So you think what you're, so what you're basically what I'm hearing is that once you find that position, you're going to say, I earned this. Not oh, saying they didn't earn oh, yeah. it. Oh, when, when I was at my internship this, this summer, yeah. and people didn't know how to open Outlook on their computer. <laughs> Dude, what? Like, you're like dealing with the 70 year olds like, I deal with. <laughs> like, like it, 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 it's no good to send them because they, they must not have had that opportunity like I did to have learned that stuff when I was 18 years old. Now we're talking about Outlook the email, right? Outlook the email. Okay. The client version that you click on the bottom. I have my phone right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, they just never done stuff like that before, right? So you got to think, like, you do get ahead in a different way. Yeah. Now, maybe they were able to enjoy another part of their life that you weren't. Yeah. And maybe they didn't have the same... That's like, true. Parts. But, like, you got to think, like, this is a game you're trying to master, right? The working life game. Yeah. And you're already ahead in things that you have developed your mind to understand yeah. in that game. And so you take that, you run with it, and you build upon it, and you get better. Now, is there any way, though, like, for example, like, but that's not going to change the... I mean, it could eventually. Don't get me wrong. I made like I made it to that top one hundred of like the PGA people uh-huh. or whatever, and they just didn't pick me. Now I looked at the other people's resumes. You know, I stalked them, whatever. I'm like them uh-huh. professionally. They had experience in the college field. Are they always gonna be that picky? To- like, are they always just gonna search for that? Like, I don't think that's fair, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if that's the case, then like that might be a, you know a variable they select for in that particular thing. But like, will I find a job basically? In my in. Field? I know there's other ways to get in, mm-hmm. but like, I just have not found them yet. Every application I've opened, it says preferred. And I'm, I know it's not preferred. It doesn't say required. Yeah. But, like, it's like I know that's what you're looking for, though. Uh-huh. So how do I prove to you that, like, I am ten times better than this mofo, okay? Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like I go to. Yeah, because, you know, things you get competitive there and you try to differentiate yourself. I think it really comes down to, I mean, one of the things you interview, I think that's probably the greatest measurement of whether you get hired or not. Um, but I think you do things that are different. Like, I'll, I'll give you a good example about me. I'm an accountant. Typically, accountants don't like to talk. Okay? Yeah. But I did policy policy debate in college. Yeah. Okay? I, I brought that up in every single interview I had. Yeah. And I talked about it a lot. I did something that was different. I differentiated myself from the crowd. That's a good point, yeah. But I paid the price for it. I was going to debates on weekends. Yeah. That started on Friday and was in Sunday afternoon. And I would come back on Monday and go right back into working. Okay. Yeah. That's, so a, that's, like, that's a good thing. Though. There was a cost yeah. to getting that. Now, did you mention it about college? Or you just said high school, right? You no, did college, college too. College. Oh, college. Okay. I might have said high school, but I did college. So, like, that's the kind of stuff you look for. You want to differentiate yourself from the crowd. How? Huh. When you said high school, I was like, well, I swam in high school. I read banana hammocks all weekend. (laughs) I thought, what sort of skills will a population of people that want to go into this have? Okay? Yeah. You got that because you probably have that too. What skills outside of that do I think that they don't have that I can bring that are going to be valuable Mm -hmm. for me and the employer that I work for? But also going to be something that's hard for someone else to get. Well, it, that, it's going to require some sort of cost. That reminds me. A podcast me, like this is an opportunity to do It is, 100%. That. Now, i got to watch what I say again because, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing and be like, oh, yeah, we're firing you because I am completely screwed. Okay? Because no one's hired me yet. But, like, what I'm saying, though, is that, like, uh, there was a, actually, there was a book I read. Or not I read. Someone told me about this book. And it was called, oh, shoot. It was, like, how basically how to market yourself. And uh-huh. it talked about, I don't know if I told you about this, but it talked about, like, this, in these markets. You have your Wendy's and your Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A differentiated themselves 
because they're closed on Sundays. That is their thing. That is their, that is their difference. Now McDonald's is, I don't know, the Golden Arches or I don't or I don't know the Big Mac. I don't know. There's something like that. You know what I mean? It's cheap. It is cheap. Yeah. It's quick. Yeah, and like there's, I, I don't know, but there's you know what I mean. The, each restaurant has their own little thing. Yep. They differentiate themselves. Yep. That's how Marcus works. Burger King has the Whopper. Yep. Or I don't know. So he challenged me. And it's funny. This you learn people. You learn things from people you would never expect. And it's great because my career path I want to do is nowhere near his. This guy is like, fan, he's a fantastic dude. I need to have you meet him, by the way. He he basically just told me, and he's like an assistant manager at Plant Fitness. Mm-hmm. Fantastic dude. And he told me, yeah, you need to market yourself. And I and he, I asked him, how do you market yourself in your in your position? Because I just feel like you know what you know Plant Fitness. You know what I mean? Like what do you do in that position uh-huh. exactly? He just told me he was like, I do this. I like train these people. At Planet Fitness. At Planet Fitness, he actually goes out of his way to individually get to know them and yeah. individually train them and, like, help them out and get to, like, kind of, like, teach them certain things. Yeah. And that's how he markets himself above the rest. Yeah. So in a position where maybe I might be somewhere else, like, a different path and maybe a little bit higher, more important, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not to say his job's not important in his realm, but how do I market myself that way? And I feel like that's so tough. Because there are obviously a lot more people marketing themselves towards sport finish than like Planet Fitness, yeah, sports management. So I don't know how to differentiate myself in that way. Yeah. Like I've always been told time management, but like that's just something always everyone uses. I would say it comes down to this. It's like what, what's marketing is typically looked at something that takes a lot of creativity, right? Yeah, and a lot of like do, coming up with an idea that's different but is really effective. Yeah, and you don't know if it's going to be effective or not. Really, I guess they do research methods now to kind of quantify that a little bit mm-hmm. more. But, what it is for you, I think, and other people, is like I said earlier, it's going to take some creativity. Yeah. And like that is such a buzzword and you hear that and you're like, I have no idea how to be creative. Yeah. And I have found that it just takes the choice to do something that is different that like, like I was really, really afraid of public speaking and I got really nervous at mm-hmm. it. But I decided to do it because I knew I was bad at it. Yeah. I was willing to embarrass myself in that activity and to be bad at it mm-hmm. to get better. So what you're saying it's is those sort of it's 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 those sort of things. It's the things that I think you're really like your skills at an embarrassment level at that you can get better at mm-hmm. through some sort of activity. There's something somewhere you can do to get better at. Like I like I am probably an awful like uh, barista. <laughs> I've had thoughts of like going and working at a coffee shop like Dunkin' or Starbucks because I want to get good at that. Yeah. Well, what about instead of trying to – because you're going to be an accountant obviously, okay? Uh-huh. Unless you want to get another job. I don't know if you want to yeah. do it. That's fine. But you're going to be an accountant. So obviously you're going to make way more money than a barista. Why wouldn't you just get the stuff for the materials and then just practice at your own house? Because you- there is knowledge already embedded in those organizations. So like Starbucks is – obviously great at making coffee because they make a lot of money doing it. Yeah. People love that process because they go there and they're willing to pay a premium for it. Yeah. I want to learn how they do that. So you want to learn what makes it so like so theoretically you want to make that what makes them market themselves better. Yeah, it's a challenge. Like, no, it's not just about marketing. Well, okay. It's about processes. Okay. That they like the marketing is just the Starbucks logo uh, yeah. and the commercials and the good drinks and the good drinks <laughs> and how they advertise that. Like you know, there's um, a law in economics called, you know, if you were in economics or something, you might have heard it. It's called diminishing marginal utility. Okay, yeah. So, you know, if I have a bag of chips here mm-hmm. and I eat chips every day, eventually I'm going to get tired of eating chips because, like, every, at a certain point, every next chip I eat mm-hmm. 
isn't as satisfying as the one before. Yeah. So like Starbucks is really good with the like pumpkin spice stuff. They only bring it out at a certain time of year because yeah. they know as you have more and more and more of it, it gets old. Yeah. So if they give it a break and bring it back. Yeah. It reset. I don't know if it is literally a reset, but it, for all tangible purposes, it's a reset event. So like they do something different. Yeah. And people love it. Do you think? I mean, that's, I mean, it's a great idea. I mean, honestly, pumpkin spice is a little overrated, in my opinion, as far as, like, their uh, drinks. I had it the other day. That's good example. That's a good example, though. Caramel. It, it's, so what you like to do is you like to actually – you like to find out why things tick the way they do. Or why like, – sort yeah. of like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's – So would you I mean. say that's your special, specialty, basically? Or would you say your specialty is, like um, – or your, mar- your specific – you know what I'm talking about about the marketing, right? Like that. Would you oh, say yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's your specific that's, that's, thing? Yeah. I can quickly apply that to like public speaking. I wanted to throw myself into that environment to see how my brain adapted to it. Did well. Like, and understand that process. Yeah. And practice. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And I got better. I'm not great at it. Yeah. But like, when I have a presentation. I'm not. I get a little shaky, but I'm not shaking like other accountants are. Yeah. That's from little experience. I mean, they're nervous as heck. I'm like, let's go. Like, let's do it. I've done this before. Yeah. And if you can do it, once you can do it. So is that what you mentioned in interviews as well? I did debate. So that's what you did. You mentioned. Oh yeah. Even like get nervous. I still get nervous for interviews, but like once you get going and you have you're going. to talk about, you're going. But I got good at interviews because I did five of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> five every. <laughs> what time I did two? I don't think I did two interviews today, but I, I did an interview in the morning. I talked to someone in the afternoon, and I, I was like really good at it. That's the thing. It's all about practicing, especially skills that are different. Yeah. It's got to be something creative. Yeah. It's got to be something you're willing to practice. I've definitely applied for, like, other stuff before just to get practice. Like, I've definitely done that. I mean, I mean, I don't see any harm in it. It's not like you're accepting the job. You know what I mean? It'd be a whole different thing. Yeah. Now, if it's, really, it's an offer you're willing to take, then maybe I would accept yeah. it. But, like, that's I, – I, I feel like that's a useful thing. I don't, I don't see why it doesn't harm, there's no harm in it. I, I feel like – I think, yeah, it just takes um, – I would say, like, for me, it's taken, you know, the creativity – the willingness to practice, and I think the willingness to try to find problems. Mm-hmm. You know, do this at the job at the job I have now. There's a problem, and I want to find a solution. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard, but I'm willing to do it. I'll take a great example, concrete. Like um, I've been working on data visualization stuff at work because mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I could do data analytics as part of my areas of emphasis for college. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to because it was a creative outlet for me. I yeah. wanted to do a creativity. So, you know, it's important if you like to do something creative. Creativity, I can't even say Creative. Right. Creatively, <laughs> to keep it in that realm and to let it be your project. Yeah. To something you develop. I gotta, I gotta find that out because I, there's, I mean, I feel like all I do is work and then come home and do homework a little bit and then watch football. Now, football's great. It's the life of a man. It's the life <laughs> of a man right there. Hey, you know what they say. <laughs> That's a great life right there. You know, I feel bad for women in that case, but like, it's, it, there is, it is, and that's, but that's all I do. I feel like I feel like there is so much more I could do. In that case, sorry, I was watching football. But it's like I was, exactly, <laughs> there's just like there's so much I could do and learn. But I feel like I need to get on track with that now, so I can get a head start of it. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I'll say you definitely like everyone has some sort of creativity that they can use, and you just gotta find. It's it. just about I, I think you, I think it's there for a lot of people. They just haven't realized it yet. I was being creative the other night. I don't know if you meant we're going a little off track here, but I mean, we're supposed to really, I guess. Yeah, that's, how, we're, that's how it works. Yeah, basically, <laughs> well, basically, the buddy of mine I was talking about about the plant fitness, he has a wood shop in his garage. So I went to his house and he actually twitches everything. And he actually, we were doing, you know what Twitch is? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, Twitch fine. is, which I don't even know. I just kind of learned about too. It's like the gaming platform, but you can also like do like 
videos. But it's not like a video podcast almost. He just streams himself doing woodworking. I, was, some market for people I thought it was so that. cool. And I only had like two views. Now, no offense, BJ, again, not popular yet. <laughs> but like, it just was like, it was interesting. And I was doing a bunch of stuff like creatively. I was helping him build a cornhole set. Uh-huh. I was like, so cool. And, I, and that's not going to apply it at all to anything I do for a living, which would be cool. Like, but I, it's just like speaking of that creativeness. Like, I just got to go in the workshop and do something. I never yeah. done. I used to sander. That made my hand really numb. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it did. But like, you know, that's when I, like people fight. I mean, I know people who do that stuff and they do it because they love it. Yeah. And, you know, it's not something they learned in school. It's something they learned because they wanted to learn. I, I mean, I'd love to flip houses one day if I could. That's my, I mean, that's my dream thing is to flip a house. There's a lot of opportunity in that. Well, there is. But people, like, always, people always need a place to live. Did I tell you, though, that yeah. so Sarah's aunt flips houses. I might have told you that before. She started out as a dog walker in L.A. and just flipped her first house while doing that. Now, maybe she had another dog. I don't know the whole story. Maybe she had nothing. But she was a dog walker, and that's how she got started. And now all she's flipping is flips houses. She's so one to a celebrity. She offered her own HGTV show. I just don't understand. Like, that's crazy. Like, I mean, that's just insane. If you get good at doing something you like doing it, that's the way to go. I know. That's like but a great idea. Like, that's the thing. Like, for me... The, the bait just kind of walked itself on to me. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't know. That's right. Like, it just it just kind of the opportunity arose, and I was like, I can take it or not, and I took it. I said yes to the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, it, obviously, her answer, Sarah's answer is like the same way. She had that opportunity to do something. At some point, she said yes. I, I think I think all of college I've said no to opportunity. I think it's time for me to say yes. And I think that's what I did recently too, especially like that potential offer. Like I think I just need to start yes saying yes. But speaking of. That as well. The last topic we'll have here, I think, is have you played golf recently? No, not since I came to college. You got very pumped, anyways. <laughs> I have good. I go to play golf with Jacob and Josh and Braden and all. Okay, uh-huh. no offense. Okay. I am better than them. Okay, I'm better than them. No, that's nothing against them. I love them, but they're I'm better than them. Braden is horrible at golf. Can't the, can't the club say like, he needs to go top golf first. Like he needs to go top golf first. I shot a 42 after not playing in a month. Pretty good. Now I had a six on the first hole and then a six on a par three. Now to be fair, that par three was slanted down like a. Those are pe- tough, yeah. I, I, how do you even play that? That's just ridiculous. I barely tapped the ball and just went all the way down the green. But anyways, it's just I, I shot a forty-two. That's a good score. I'd be happy with that. I was I was okay with that. You know why? I mean, it was paradise. Now, granted, I wasn't a hard course. You know, it was like well, yeah. not hard course, but like it was. I I played it pretty well, and I was proud of myself. Even after I'm like a thirty-eight this summer too, I was still happy. Wow. And then, but anyways, the last time I played golf, I played terrible. So how can I go from playing really good one round to like the next? Like golf is like I, I always compare it to this. Lots of variability. It's a toxic relationship. <laughs> like it is like you know you shouldn't do it, but no, you want more back. of it. No, always going back. <laughs> no, I I can't. I definitely understand. That. <laughs> it's so much money too. I like I am no, running out of I'm running out of balls. Like, I don't know if I want to go golfing. Uh, well, actually, no, that's why I have a golf tournament I have to go do. Yes, you got to buy one. You got to, like, buy one of simulators. You can't, I can't, I make 35K a year. I, I can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could probably get a whole, I'd probably do something here. You play every day. You might get your money, sorry. It tells me I hit, like, 350 yards. I'll hit, like, 220. <laughs> no. But, like, no, I, I have a uh, tournament I got to play at the end of the month, actually. And he actually invited me to play. And it's a funny story I have about this. So I tell my mom... What's well, it for? It's for the Southern Bells. Now, Southern Bells are like the equivalent okay. of like the Red Wings at PHS. You know what I mean? They're like the um, – not the cheerleaders, but they're like the dance team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my mom, fully knowing I'm 21 years old, goes, oh, the Southern Bells. And I was like, what do you want me to do? 
And she was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. That's <laughs> a weird thing. Now, let me make that clear. I'm not saying, okay, now I'm not going to try to explain that. But my mother quite literally said that out of her mouth, knowing fully I'm 21, and they're obviously under the age of 18. <laughs> but yeah, I got to play that well. That would get you in trouble. That would get me in trouble, man. That would be totally in trouble. But my, uh, I got to play, though, at the end of the month in Work County, out of all counties. Now, nothing against Work County. Yeah, what course is it? It's called Mingo Bottom. Mingo Bottom. I never, I've, I've only played it once, but I played terrible when I played. Well, you know, if you one day you do bad, one day you do good. This might be a good day. Well, I mean, that was also when I played really bad too, though, I guess. But like, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm hoping that maybe I change it up. I'm hoping, I've been told it's a nice course. This first time I've heard of it. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so. like most golf courses in West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully I play well though. But we gotta get going. It's a little preview for next week though. Next week we'll be speaking on Saturday after the WVU Duquesne game, so we'll we'll give you an update if Neil Brown gets ripped off the visor or not. More than likely not, because we'll probably beat the crap out of them. Um, sorry to Duquesne fans, but not that we'll have any on here. But anyways, we're gonna have a special guest next week. Our first special guest of the year. It was originally gonna be Braden Morris. Braden Morris will probably be down the line. Braden's always going home every weekend. Man's whipped. Not kidding. Nah, I'm messing, messing. I can't be saying that. Nah, um, it's gonna be Seth Rao. Speaking of Seth, um, Seth is my cousin, and he actually recently got a girlfriend. Be very pretty girlfriend Seth is. Now Seth's a good looking guy, you know, so yeah. very good looking guy. Great golfer. <laughs> no, he's, he's he's actually getting good. He's actually getting good. He he told me the other day, he's like, I was even through five holes. I was like, bullshit you were, okay? I was like, I have not been even five holes in a while, okay? Oh no, but Seth's gonna be our thing. We'll definitely have a few beers in us to have us a little fun. We'll have a good time. Um but thank you for listening in and uh we greatly appreciate it. Yep, yep, see y'all. Thanks for listening.